This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing? <laughs> man, I'm doing good. I'm still on a high from last week, man, getting to uh, hang out with you and, uh, man, just to welcome you back home. And, um, man, it was such a such a fun time, man. It was really, really great to have you here in town. But, um, yeah, everything's going well. Just kind of trucking along. It's been a uh, really busy couple of days to start out the week and raging towards the fall, man. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, uh, yeah, man, last, last week was uh, so much fun being back home in Jackson. You know, we made the joke about the, the prodigal son thing. I got to tell you, though, like, it actually did kind of feel like a prodigal son type of situation for a number of reasons, aside from the fact that, you know, we just had just this this cask of just glorious cognac. Oh, uh, so good. <laughs> Have you finished it yet? No, I, I still got a little bit left. I still got a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh, and, and by the way, if you haven't already, our YouTube channel, uh, long overdue for content, we did put out a video of us just absolutely sloshed, uh, enjoying that <laughs> cognac and each other's company. <laughs> so if you want to check that out, that, that video is still up. We haven't gotten embarrassed enough to take it down yet, so be sure to check that out. Um, but no, man, beyond that, uh, you know, grilled out, and so, you know, had a bunch of steaks, so had kind yeah. of the fatted calf type situation, which was really great. But this is what really put it over the edge, and this is kind of a personal thing. But I thought I'd share just because, I don't know, I just, I thought I'd share. If, if anywhere, Country Square Radio might be interested in this. It's just you and me, man. Come on. <laughs> man, so I, I had just a, a great breakfast. Uh, my dad took me out to breakfast, and we just had uh, just such a wonderful conversation and a good catch-up. And he gifted me at breakfast with uh, the family ring. Now, this the is kind of interesting. Ring? Like, like, yeah. Like, is this, it, do you, are you descendant of like a... Like a Don? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, like that's the thing, right? Prodigal son, he put a ring on his finger. That type, dude. Like, there's, there's kind of a, that whole, that whole thing. It's, it's like a family heirloom, family artifact. My real name is Frank. I'm the fourth of that name in my family. And my original namesake, when he wanted to get married, when he, when he asked his bride to marry him, he bought the biggest diamond he could possibly get, which is this like flawed <laughs> diamond that had like this kind of crack in it, <laughs> and so. Yeah, it's, oh, it's wow. a big hunk yeah. of rock, but at the same time, not not as like you know a perfect diamond by any any stretch of the imagination, and it's in fact kind of yeah. missing this piece where this flaw is. It, and so you know, obviously he uh, you know was, he proposed to his wife. Uh, they end up having my grandfather, and my grandfather was very close to his mother, and of course this is the uh, Frank second of his name. Right, right. When his mother died, he took the ring, he melted down the gold. And also got some other gold to kind of convert the ring into a men's, a man's ring uh, with kind oh, of wow. the diamonds kind of central to it. When he died, he gifted that to, of course, my father, who is Frank Third of his name. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as I said, uh, my dad, I've always known this was coming to me. Like this is, you know, it's just been kind of a known thing. Yeah, yeah. Because it is tied to kind of the family name. It's. It's like a birthright thing that's kind of attached to it. And anyway, so when, when my dad actually brought it to me, I, I got really concerned because I'm not supposed to get it until he dies. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, like, Dad, what are you trying to tell me here? Right, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, but no, he's, he's perfectly fine and healthy. And, and, and that's hilarious. That's good. Um, although I was wondering, I was like, do I need to flag something? What's going on now? I know, right? <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, I think it was just a, a gift. And, and also just, um, anyway, it was just a very special moment. Well, 
that's great. It did make me think of the whole prodigal son thing. So I, th- I wanted to bring it up since we joked about that so much <laughs> last week. <laughs> you come home, you know, yeah, everyone rolls out the red carpet. We pull out the, you know, the best wine and have the uh, fattened calf slaughtered and the, uh, you know, robe goes around you. And, of course, the uh, the handsome ring on your face. Yeah, man. So. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Listen. I'm glad the whole thing was completed. By it really yeah, was. Great. It really was. It's really nice. Dude, I came back with <laughs> so many good, great Jackson artifacts, too. Some uh, I got even some uh, uh, liquors that we've had on Squire Select. You know, uh, very recently yeah. we did the gin. I want to say, was it Windbird or Birdsong? Uh, uh, Wonderbird. Wonderbird. That's right. <laughs> Wonderbird. Got yeah, some Wonderbird right. gin, picked that up and got a chance to like, you know, try it for real. And uh, yeah. it was it was delicious. Enjoyed that. And, man, also, we uh, me and my, my wife went to uh, a local haunt, um, Howl and Mouse, and did Trivia Night. And I actually, oh, wow, cool. yeah. yeah, I actually won, um, one of the rounds and was, we, we, during that round, we actually won a cat head vodka sign, like a giant cat head vodka sign. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, man. Went to the local comic shop offbeat and picked up some comic books and, uh, Lemuria picked up a book there. So yeah, we, like did the whole Jackson experience, man. That's it was great, it man. Was great. I'm so glad. But the I'm thing so that glad. makes it all the best was like sitting down, smoking cigars, talking pipe tobacco and drinking cognac yeah. with you, man. That was, that was a lot of fun, man. Highlight. Had a great time. And of course, afterwards. We, uh, man, polished a awful couple more glasses of that good stuff, and <laughs> yes, uh, went to Waffle House. It was it was just a real treat, man. man. So it was it was great to have you in town. You know it's you know it's a night when you end up at Waffle House having those blueberry waffles, man. Like, I know, right? <laughs> Ugh, so tasty. <laughs> well, dude, we've got uh, so you know we've got a great show. But uh, before we dive into it, man, any any uh, any other kind of word? I, I mean, I feel like I was just there, but anything else the folks should know? About I know, right? Yeah, no, not a lot going on to be honest with you uh for as far as the shop goes we're uh you know it's very busy right now a lot of walk-in business a lot of mail order uh we did just get a big drop of uh sam gay with tobaccos and Mm. so um as we're recording uh this is tuesday this episode will come out tomorrow which is the 23rd of september 2020 in the year of our lord uh and this stuff will have just gone on our website and so um you know that that is some um relatively hard to get tobacco now sam gay with used to be a you know, not not the unicorn tobacco that it is now, where it's you know just so hard to get your hands on it. But it's become that, and um, you know, just very difficult it seems. And their their distribution in uh, the United States is not uh, not the best. To be just for frank with you, uh, the the folks that they've chosen to uh, distribute the tobacco uh, stateside just. Um, you know, it, it don't really do a lot of pipe tobacco stuff particularly, and so they're just not really, uh, you know, capable or, you know, handle it particularly well because they just don't do a lot of this kind of thing. So uh, it's hard to hard to get uh, Samuel Gay with tobaccos right now, but we did get a good bit. So uh, we maybe the last bit we get all year. I don't know, but <laughs> we'll see. We're, we're thankful to have that. Um, yeah, man, other than that, you know, um, actually today is my daughter's first birthday it is oh uh, congrats i guess happy birthday to her birthday yeah yeah happy birthday to to little charlotte so uh yeah man she turned one and uh, my wife and i have just been uh thrilled you know thinking about uh a year ago um you know just we thought she was going to come on uh, the 21st and she wound up coming on the 22nd and we were glad when she came (laughs) i know uh you know i've told many people since then uh you know watching my wife uh, give birth. If you've never experienced that, it's it's really, uh, re- really an amazing experience. I, I I can be very honest and perfectly honest when I say, you know, I, I would rather be shot by a gun 
than give birth. <laughs> Dude, oh, <laughs> I, man. I would I would literally rather be shot by a firearm than than give birth. Listen, like I, listen, I just get it I over with. Yes, I, I, I just well, I don't know how they do it. Like I, you know, and and then the, something something about how the Lord wires women's minds. Like you know, they have this this child. It's this incredibly wonderful but incredibly traumatic experience. It's excruciating, and then like an hour later, they're like. So when we have our next baby, what blah, is blah, up blah, blah, with blah, blah. that? Come on, man! Seriously, like, ladies, help I'm, us understand. I, help us understand. I, I would, I would rather be shot by a gun, like, <laughs> than, than have a baby. Like, it, it, it is incredible, just what. And you know, your wife uh, is like, yeah, that can be arranged, John David. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you keep it up, John David, and uh, I've, I've got a slug with your name on it. Right, right, right. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome, man. We're so thankful for, uh, man, our precious baby. She's doing great. Good, and, good. Uh, walking and talking and all that kind of stuff and of course now uh, looking forward to being a big sister so um things are things are good yeah awesome brother well i'm glad to hear it look we've got a uh, we got an awesome show that is of course made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash country radio update on uh <laughs> on that later on during the listener feedback but anyway yes so uh so stay tuned for for that uh coming near the end Man, we uh we just did while I was in in Jackson. You know, we we kind of called it a pseudo or or a a, a sort of Squire Select last week. I mean, it was it, it was it's it, kind of yeah, it was it checked the box. We selected something great. We talked about it, and then we and then we selected each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's beautiful, man. <laughs> it was good, and we and we did pair it with the tobacco. It was great that uh me and Jermaine. Uh, uh, rich dark flake that I smoked. It was uh, very tasty, and, and glad I got to enjoy that. Yeah, there you go. And in the end, the Squire Select was us. Uh, that's great. Um, no, but <laughs> normally, whatever we do with Squire Select, it's also often paired with the tobacco talk. You know, it is. You know, I don't know if we've ever really addressed this, but there is almost like a penance that's involved, right? Like yeah, after the yeah. you know extreme indulgence of enjoying a Squire Select episode, it's like, all right, let's get back to the brass tacks. Let's get back to you know what what is the meat and potatoes of a pipe tobacco podcast strictly talking pipe tobacco and man that is what a tobacco talk is so i know you've got some great tobaccos picked out for this particular (laughs) episode i'm looking forward to diving into it with you man it it is funny it is kind of like our uh you know our lashes that we have to take in order to you know well okay you did this so go say a bunch of our fathers and hail marys and you you know we'll get over (laughs) it and and so and that's what this episode is about always it's about uh man coming off of a uh a wonderful squire select and uh and matching it up with uh with a great tobacco talk the following week and so man we're gonna have a little fun with this today i'm excited uh these are two tobaccos that i think are, are very high quality that we're talking about both they're not tin tobaccos necessarily they are uh one's a tin and and available in bulk and the other one is a bulk tobacco but uh today we're talking about a couple of very highly respected uh coin sliced tobaccos medallion tobaccos that are uh incredibly popular uh tobaccos that are readily available and some that that are, are really really good today we we're talking about uh, Kamoy single coin slice cask number seven and uh, Peter Stoke will be luxury bullseye flake. All right, I'm I'm excited about this. We're gonna we're gonna talk about both tobaccos. We're gonna uh, review both, and then I'm gonna make a pick. You know, this is something I, mm. I a lot of times don't really do, but um, you know, I'm I'm actually gonna you know we're kind of pitting these two against each other. So it's a uh, it, it's a it's a coin toss. It's a coin toss. All right, I see what you <laughs> did there. Pretty good. But man, really excited about this today. Uh, two of these these two tobaccos we sell uh, in bulk here at the Country Squire. And of course, uh, the 
the cask number seven uh, comes in a, a beautiful tin. Kamoy, um, Kamoy, you know, is a brand that is historic, but you know, it basically disappeared and then was kind of resurrected a few years ago. Uh, the beautiful pipes that have come out that are kind of a, in partnership with Eric Stokeby and. Um, the tobaccos that are distributed in America by Phillips and King and uh, made by Scandinavian Tobacco Group. Just a really nice uh, reintroduction of the Kamoy uh, brand. And so it's been kind of neat to see that. And, uh, you know, they don't have a, a ton of pipes available. They're not just constantly coming out with new shapes like a, you know, a Savinelli or a Peterson or, um, you know, a, a, a Nording or anything like that. But, you know, they've they've produced some nice, uh, handsome pipes for the, uh, the pipe market and, um, you know, are, are back in that sense and, um, you know, and, and really have produced some excellent tobaccos. I think that that part of their brand name has kind of shined more uh, perhaps than the pipe side of their resurrection. So um, really neat. But, man, they're, they're um, single coin slice. It's their cask number seven single coin slice. In the tin, uh, it comes in a uh, what I call the, the paint can style right. tin. You know, yes. we, we've got this uh, kind of, uh, you know, lid that is hammered on to the top type of thing. Um, uh, you know, several other brands do this. The Rainer 71 that we talked about before. Uh, is like this. There's a few others. If you've ever ordered uh, a very large batch of tobacco from uh, L.J. Peretti in Boston, they they sell their tobaccos in uh, these bigger paint style, paint can style tins that uh, you know you kind of hammer on the top. It's you know just a different experience, kind of fun, and um, you know something unique that's uh, that's really nice. Big uh, you know hundred gram tins. So um, man, uh, you know beautiful tobacco. This is a Virginia Perique with a little black Cavendish in it, and um, it's manufactured by Scandinavian Tobacco Group in Denmark. When we think of uh, STG, we've talked before, you know, STG owns, uh, you know, literally everything. <laughs> they, <laughs> well. <laughs> you know, they, they own a lot, man. They're a really, uh, a really large part of, uh, of the tobacco world, uh, you know, world worldwide. Uh, our community, uh, you know, we, we think of uh, the historic names that make up the core of uh, you know, the tobacco world and pipe tobacco in names like Lane, Peter Stokeby, uh, Orlick, Escudo, Captain Black. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. And, 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 and also on the cigar side as well, names uh, in the American market, names like uh, Cohiba, CAO, uh, 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 what are some other ones? Um, uh, La Gloria Cubana. I mean, the, the list just goes on and on. Partagas uh, just have a lot of these, you know, very well-respected historic names kind of in their uh, in their lineup. And so, um, you know, STG, they just have their hands in a lot of different pots, but are a very important part of the tobacco world. So um, both of these tobaccos we're, we're talking about today are actually uh, uh, produced by by STG. Um, and so, um, you know, so today, number one, we're talking about the single coin slice from Kamoy. Uh, it's a lightly topped uh, tobacco. It's one of those that is so lightly topped that I generally consider it and, and even sell it as a, as a non-aromatic. It's one of those that I would easily, without, without hesitation, put in a uh, non-aromatic pipe. And uh, I, I consider this a non-aromatic as much as I consider, uh, you know, Orlick Golden Sliced or... Um, you know, really, I mean, really almost any, any tobacco out there that would historically be thought of as a non-aromatic, a luxury, uh, Navy flake, uh, you know, a lot of these tobaccos that might have some, a uh, little bit of topping, but not, uh, anything over the top, uh, that's, that's super pronounced. And so, 
Um, yeah, just a, just a really handsome tobacco. And uh, you open it up uh, in the can or, uh, you know, this comes in bulk as, as well. And um, very beautiful thin coin slices. We're talking about, uh, you know, maybe an inch and a half uh, in diameter here. And just a, just a very handsome uh, tobacco. Uh, you know, it, it is moist. It's notable, no, got a noticeable uh, moisture to it when you're uh, handling this tobacco, which is, uh, you know, very pleasant. A lot of uh, looking at these uh, coins, it's, you know, we've we've been inundated this year with hurricanes, right? That's mm. kind of, the, you know, one of the one of the themes of 2020, one of the many, many themes, uh, many, many, many <laughs> themes of 2020 has been hurricane. You know, they already went through the all the entire list of names, which is crazy. <laughs> it's just bonkers to me. But um, and I think someone told me the other day now they're going to go to like the Greek alphabet or something. Well, so that's right. So we got uh, Tropical Storm Beta just uh, hit. Um, and as actually as we're recording is still running along the Texas coast headed towards Louisiana. Um, yeah. And actually, you know, I was thinking of like beta, you know, this is like the beta test for the actual apocalypse. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and honestly, it, it may graduate to the alpha test, you know, I don't, well, I don't know, but all right. Should I, should I correct? I, I know our, I know. I, let me just correct you real quick. Cause I know our listeners yeah. go drunk. The alpha test actually comes before the beta test. So for, oh, for our listeners okay. that may have just been driven crazy alpha by the, beta. I gotta, so, I gotta so correct may- you on that one. <laughs> You go from alpha test to beta test, and then pretty much you go to launch. So that's, uh, I was about to say, so there's no gamma test; it's just launch. No, right? it's just at that launch. point, that's right. right. Hit the hit the, <laughs> the new, enter to the nuclear codes. Uh, well, we're at that point, and so all that to say, when I look at these coin slices right. from from Kamoy, uh, you know, I really do think of these uh, of of a hurricane uh, type thing. It's it's just funny uh, as these uh, you know tropical uh, storms have been on our mind this year, and I, I kind of have been handling these uh, tobaccos over the last couple of days, uh, you know, just uh, thinking about this episode. Um, yeah, they, they really do have this mesmerizing, uh, you know, structure to them, these uh, veins of lines that run in a uh, helix around the center, uh, you know, uh, dip, dot of, uh, you know, black Cavendish that's in the middle of the tobacco. And so they're just very handsome to look at, very, uh, very elegant, very uh, interesting looking. It's one of those tobaccos when people uh, look at it and they're not pipe smokers, or maybe they just haven't smoked a flake the, before. They think, oh, that's cool. I, like, what is that? I, right. I, I recognize it's tobacco, but like, tell me about that. Why did they make it that way? And, um, you know, how do you, how do you actually consume that? You know, right. so, well, let, let me um, ask you something about this. Cause always those questions, right? Yeah. This, this is going to be a broad question as like and I you know like like you mentioned be it cast seven or you know luxury bullseye flake they both kind of yeah. have that coin style and, and as you mentioned it, it does kind of gather your attention if it's not something you're accustomed to I, you know one of the things I notice about both of these um and you know obviously one's more prominent than the other we'll talk about that in a second but is the center yeah. right like the center and specifically the 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 tightness the condensedness of the tobacco as as like as it's found in the center and I think about two things. Um, one is uh, bread. If you've ever had a bread that didn't mm. rise all the way and the dough is just really super condensed in the center, it's typically yeah. not very good. On the other hand, I very recently had a pound cake that had like this sweetness saturated in the center that at first I thought was going to taste really doughy, but ended up tasting delicious. <laughs> I'm curious about, because, you know, obvi- I mean, you know, I, I say obviously, but it, it certainly implied that you know, the, um, the wrapping of the pipe tobacco to make these, uh, coin sliced, you know, uh, contraptions, if you will, or, or, yeah. you know, uh, products, 
you know, require just by necessity, the, the tobacco in the center is going to be more tightly coiled and more kind of compressed than those on the exterior. My, my curiosity is when this is the case, does it make it, uh, is, you know, what, what is the flavor more condensed with it in the, in the means of, you know, in, in, in a similar fashion to the, the pound cake? Is it, is it, well, that's actually a great question. Yeah. I, I didn't really see where you were going with that until, you know, you kind of got, uh, there towards the end. I, I mean, it, <laughs> that seems to I be mean, the case normally. No, <laughs> no. I, I mean, I, I honestly, I mean that that is a great question. And you know, I think as these, uh, you know, again, we're we're talking about um, you know twist tobaccos. These are tobaccos that are uh, rolled up into these long uh, rolls, these long logs and and strands, and then are are sliced in this manner in order to consume easier. But um, you know, in its natural form or its uh, you know unadulterated form, I guess after or you know it's while it's being uh, um, you know, processed or cured, uh, this, uh, not cured is not the right word, but just, uh, sitting up after it's rolled, you know, this tobacco is, um, it, it looks like a twist tobacco. It looks like a big, uh, a big log, a big, uh, you know, hunk of, uh, you know, limb of this, uh, tobacco that's been rolled in this fashion. And then they, of course they, uh, just slice it, uh, thinly like this in order for us to consume it. And so, uh, it does that obviously to, um, you know, affect the flavor and the, um, you know, ability of it to stay fresh, uh, you know, and the tobacco, of course, marries up and gets uh, stronger and richer and more uh, more interesting over time. And so, um, you know, it just performs a, a variety of functions there. But yeah, I think the, the tobacco there uh, towards the center uh, of the of the medallion does uh, get more tightly bunched. And so uh, you do have that. But, you know, the, the thing that really stands out here is the very center of these two uh, medallions. We're talking right now, of course, about the uh, Kamoi uh, single coin slice, but um, you know they they are um, actually a different type of tobacco. What they do is they put the um, the, the middle uh, kind of bullseye, I guess, portion of this uh, tobacco they uh, make as a uh, kind of a center of uh, unflavored black Cavendish, which is uh, just its own uh, kind of tobacco that runs as a vein uh, among the entire uh, length of the twist. And then when it's sliced, it just makes this really interesting little, uh, you know, center feature, eye of the hurricane, if you will, kind of thing mm. um, in, in the middle of this uh, this little pepperoni. And so, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, like I <laughs> yeah. said, I know that's probably... You know, for most coin slice, that's that's there's a universality to that reality. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's accurate. Uh, you know, and of course, anything on the internal part of the you know the medallion is is typically going to retain moisture a little better as mm-hmm. well. And so, a lot of times, you'll see uh, the outside of these little uh, coins are uh, you know a little drier, maybe a little flakier than the than the internal portion. Uh, and of course, the uh, Cavendish that you know it, in, inhabits the middle part of the coin um, is actually more of a moist tobacco anyway, just because how it's processed, right? We're talking about a uh, you know a fermented tobacco that uh, you know has this um, you know a very nice uh, kind of natural moisture to it. So anyway, uh, you know, great question though. Uh, the you know moisture again, it's not sopping, but it is there. This particular tobacco uh, crumbles very nicely into something resembling a ready rubbed uh, tobacco. So when, when you have that, you kind of, you know, you're, you're tearing it apart similar to any flake tobacco, and it kind of comes out with that same consistency that, that is my experience. I smoked this particular tobacco 
backhoe in a clay pipe. And uh, we, we did that, um, you know, and, and really enjoyed uh, both these tobaccos in a clay pipe. I'm not a you know particularly fancy packer. If you've heard uh, the show for a long time, you know I just generally use a three-step method uh, when it comes to packing, and um, you know this this packed uh, very easily. I had a lot of confidence as soon as I got done packing this tobacco that it was going to light, uh, you know, very easily and quickly and smoothly, um, and, and also stay lit uh, relatively easy as well. So. The false light on this particular tobacco, the cask number seven, it uh, produces a nice uh, moderate amount of smoke. It had a nice sting on a clean palate, uh, something where um, you know your your tongue is uh, kind of exposed to just a, a little bit of a sweet heat, you know, something that was reminiscent of uh, some of my favorite whiskeys that uh, have a pleasant bite to it, where you know that first sip uh, that you take that you're drinking something substantial there, and uh, you know I think this tobacco is similar to that, um, you know, from from that uh, perspective as well. Uh, the the full light uh, combusts very easily, you know. I uh, gave it a nice char, tamped it down, and then and then gave it a full light. And it was very, uh, very quick to light. Uh, I think the moisture content was very, um, you know, very appropriate for, um, you know, lighting right away, uh, which was great. And, you know, the the single coin slice, the number seven, it's very rich and OD, uh, OT. You get, uh, you know, kind of that silage, OD, uh, barnyard kind of thing. It's just very... Uh, very earthy. It's a very, very pleasant tobacco. And, uh, you know, as you go through the bowl, you're met with this warm brown sugar and molasses uh, notes that really, you know, kind of take over the, the whole experience. It, it is a toasty tobacco. It's got a nice pepper from the Perique content. And, uh, you know, it has a nice slight sweetness that's there as well. So, um, yeah, just really, really great. Burns great and uh, burns a little hot, uh, it, as you would expect from a lot of Virginia uh, leaves. But it uh, just has a has a great flavor and I think is not overpowered by the Cavendish in the middle of the tobacco and just really, um, really has a great flavor. So one of those that, um, you know, anyone that likes a flake tobacco or a Virginia tobacco, you know, would, would enjoy. And, and even someone that likes an aromatic uh, and just wants wants to mix it up occasionally and, and smoke something different, I think would like this one as, as well. Mm. Okay, so I'm kind of curious, when was the first time that you ever, like, was this actually yeah. your first coin slice out of curiosity? Oh, no, no, no. I, yeah, I smoked this years ago. Um, I'm trying to think. I think uh, I think right after they kind of rebirthed the Kamoi brand, gosh, this is probably five or six years ago now, but um, we had an event actually where they brought uh, a bunch of their tobaccos and their pipes and uh, had a, you know, a joint uh, pipe event with the Kamoi pipes and the fourth generation pipes from Eric Stokeby. And, um, yeah, I, I think at that event, that was the first time I tried this particular tobacco and, um, and, and really liked it really, really remember even going back then, uh, enjoying this tobacco. So very, very good. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, it's, you know, beautiful tin, as you mentioned, the, uh, the paint can style and everything. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's, it's a great coin slice, but I got to tell you, man, the first ever coin slice pipe tobacco I ever had was Luxury Bullseye Flake. Yep, yep, yeah. and 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 that's true for a lot of people. I would imagine. So uh, <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, talking about that now, and so uh, yeah, Luxury Bullseye Flake made by Peter Stokeby, uh, again a Virginia Perique uh, Black Cavendish tobacco uh, manufactured by uh, the Scandinavian Tobacco Group in Denmark. There once again, um, you know, this uh, used to be under a different name. They called this years ago Luxury Curly Cut. Uh, and then, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they discontinued Luxury Curly Cut and then 
renamed it this or if that were actually two different tobaccos. But this kind of uh, filled the void in their, um, you know, repertoire of, of tobaccos that they had for that uh, that you know coin slice that came out in, in 2006 and so they've had this for uh, quite a while now really delicious uh, you know tobacco one of those that's very highly respected and um, you know readily available a lot of a lot of we sell both of these tobaccos in bulk but you know a lot of a lot of shops that don't even do much pipe tobacco sell the luxury bullseye flake um, in bulk as well and so just a just a fun tobacco always something very interesting to um, to look at um, you know it, very similar uh, in that it has a very nice moisture content it uh, might be not quite as uh, as moist as the uh, as the Kamoi that we discussed but very um, you know very similar the construction is very fine and uh, th- this crumbles to a fine particle whereas the other kind of crumbled in more to more of a um, something you would expect from a flake. The the fine particle here uh, was was my case and has been historically for um, the luxury bullseye flake. And you know, when I think of that, it, it kind of b- because it crumbles in that manner. Um, you know, I, it, I think of it more as loading in your pipe as almost like a cube cut tobacco or something that is more granular, um, you know, and, and very, you know, just kind of falls in. You use gravity to kind of fill your pipe and, and you may tamp it a little bit, but that's that's about it. And so, um, you know, but yeah, it just crumbles to these fine little particles. It's kind of like a nice steak that just melts in your mouth, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, yeah, similarly, the false light on this particular uh, tobacco, you know, it singes the top very nicely. Uh, this tobacco crumbles very nicely, and so um, you know the, the full light then combusts very easily and, and creates a nice even uh, cherry, and, and the bowl just you know gets um, it lit evenly and, and tends to stay lit evenly as well. And so um, you know, just th- this is this is a great tobacco because it seems to be more on the bright, uh, cheerful side of Virginia's. You've got. Uh, more of that, uh, you know, that classic citrus, hay, grassy flavor that uh, that we see in a lot of these leaves. And, um, you know, it reminds me of a more powerful, uh, maybe richer variety of uh, of, a, of an Orlick or, uh, or something. Some of my favorite tobaccos, but maybe with a little more depth and a little more pepper. The unflavored black Cavendish that inhabits the center of this is very similar to the to the Kamoi uh, number seven, but um, you know, it it probably takes up just eyeballing it. It probably takes up a little more space, a little more real estate uh, in the middle of this coin than the um, than the than the Kamoi. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what the exact percentages are. They they hold those cards kind of close to their chest when uh, they discuss these tobaccos. But um, you know, it 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 the percentage looks to be maybe a little larger in in the Stokeby Luxury Bullseye Flake. So. Uh, you have a sweeter tobacco here that I think uh, really does, um, you know, feature a nice uh, kind of, uh, you know, sugary, uh, citrusy uh, note to it. They call this an unflavored tobacco. Um, I, you know, I, to be honest, find that hard to believe. I, I think, um, you know, I, we talk at at length about how flavoring is lurking everywhere, even in tobaccos that say they're unflavored. <laughs> and I, I think this would probably uh, be one of those cases where that's where that's true, which is fine. That's a you know kind of part of the uh, pipe experience. All tobacco, to some degree, is uh, is flavored. And so, um, yeah, I, you know, I think I I, I can't uh, tell that this one is not. 
uh, you know, if if you're going to call the Kamoi uh, tobacco un if you're going to call it flavored and then call the Stokeby tobacco unflavored, uh, I, I don't see where there's that much of a difference. I would kind of put these in the same category. So I'll let the um, blog warriors, you know, discuss, you know, <laughs> if if these tobaccos should be called aromatics or non-aromatics. But I, I would tend to put both of these on the non-aromatic camp. Interesting. So. Okay. All right. No, it, it makes some sense. So. So two two things. First of all, the yeah. for luxury bullseye flake, I as you mentioned, it's sold in bulk. It is has it ever been tinned? Not to my knowledge. Yeah, not to my knowledge. This tobacco's never been tinned. Um, it, it's it's so easy to sell in bulk, and and it's one of those that just it's very prevalent. That uh you know weighs up nicely. It looks really handsome on the shelf, and so it's a good tobacco to buy in bulk. But I'm not sure that it's ever been tinned. No. Okay. All right, that, that's always, I'm always kind of curious. Have you ever sold or have you ever sold it um, in a rope form? Uh, I have not. I have not. We actually, uh, you know, I've seen some of this tobacco in a rope form, basically before uh, Stokeby cuts it up into coins. Um, but I haven't uh, haven't had it in the shop as a product or uh, you know sold it that way before. Yeah, typically the the ropes that we sell here in the shop are going to be smaller. Mm-hmm. We're thinking something like the Gay and Hogarth twists or. Uh, you know, the Black Irish, Sweet Coconut, Black XX, uh, you know, I'm trying to think Sweet Whiskey Twist, Sweet Rum, Sweet Maple. Man, you really uh, do you kind know. of associate uh, rope with <laughs> with aromatics, yeah. at least from the Squire standpoint. <laughs> you, you do, you do. Now, a few of these, like the Black Irish and the Black XX, sure, these sure, are, sure, sure. Uh, you know, these are very, um, you know, they are non-aromatic tobaccos. They're something, you know, some of the strongest tobaccos that we sell, very robust, meaty, uh, earthy, think barbecue, charred uh, flesh. <laughs> you know, these are darker, <laughs> f- rich tobaccos that uh, you know have, gosh, just quite a uh, quite a bit of strength to them. But but yeah, you know, even the uh, the the aromatic varieties have that strength to them as well. So in the in the twist form, for some reason, those tighter, smaller twists, uh, you know, that we sell tend to be much much stronger than. Uh, than the likes of the, you know, coin slices from, uh, you know, Peter Stokeby or, or Kamoy. So, um, you know, these tobaccos, uh, both of them, um, you know, uh, moderate uh, nicotine content, moderate strength content, I'd say uh, maybe kind of, uh, you know, medium to full uh, in that range. And so, uh, you know, th- it's one of those that um, it's certainly not the highest on the nicotine scale, but uh, but it does, you know, let you know that you're smoking, you know, good pipe tobacco. Okay. So. All right. Well, there you go. All right. So as you mentioned, this is a coin toss, right? This is almost kind of like a battle of the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a ultimate frisbee of of coin sliced tobacco. <laughs> no, no, that's right. That's right. Keep going. No. Uh, disc. Disc. Uh, what skeet shooting? Discuss. No, oh, yeah. discuss. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, people are disgusted with us. Uh, yeah. You know, comparing these two tobaccos, the. Um, they're both obviously high quality tobaccos. The um, you know looking at them yields not a whole lot of difference as far as how they look. The um, the luxury bullseye flake uh, tends to look a little darker uh, to me. I think I see more of a you know lighter color in that kamoi uh, that's there, which is interesting because I I, I get more. Uh, richer, uh, browner flavors from the Kamoi. I, th- I, th- I thought that was interesting. The uh, Kamoi is a thinner slice l- flake, as far as I can tell. It seems to be uh, something that is a little more, uh, a little more thin, a little more uh, maybe delicate. 
um, although it doesn't, uh, you know, it crumbles more into that flake consistency, which is uh, interesting. It, uh, when you do crumble it apart, it becomes more of that kind of ready rub. You, you know how a traditional flake would uh, would kind of break apart. The stokeby seems to contain probably a little more natural sugar. It, it has more of a bright flavor. Um, you know, something where you get more of that citrus hay. Uh, things that uh, you know tend to be on that kind of side of the Virginia spectrum, you know, where's the, you know, the, the, the tobacco tends to be more of that molasses, brown sugar, rich stone fruit, some of that kind of stuff. It, it has plenty of the hay like, uh, you know, tendencies to it, but you're going to get, uh, you know, kind of more of those rich notes there. I think, uh, at least they're more prevalent than in the, uh, in the Stokeby. So, um, again, the Cavendish looks significant, uh, but it's really, even though it might be a little bigger in the luxury bullseye flake, on both of these tobaccos, it doesn't take up a whole lot of space. And, and we're not talking about uh, a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of this tobacco being black Cavendish. And so, you know, if that's scaring you away from trying one of these tobaccos, um, first of all, they're not flavored Cavendish, uh, you know, pieces. These are just, you know, unflavored black Cavendish. Uh, Cavendish, of course, is a uh, processed tobacco goes through that, uh, you know, adds some uh, richness and depth to it and takes away some of the strength, makes it smooth and silky and, um, and is is often flavored, but is often not flavored, and in this in this form is unflavored. So, um, you know, the the Cavendish in this tobacco, it just kind of gives it a nice round, rounds off the edges a little bit. It's not you know the center of this tobacco, even though even though it's literally the center of the tobacco, <laughs> it's not the you know the center of the smoking experience when you uh, when you light this up. So, um, you know, and and a lot of folks have actually smoked this these tobaccos before, uh, but they've actually as they are loading their pipe or, you know, preparing this tobacco to be loaded, they've actually popped the little Cavendish, you know, kind of uh, plugs out of the middle of the medallion, which I thought was kind of interesting. (laughs) So, and you can do that, to be honest with you, I think if you do that, you won't uh, be able to tell a lot of difference because the Cavendish just, um, you know, it's, it's there, it's present, but it's certainly not the center of this, uh, this blend, at least from a, you know, tasting standpoint. Um, you know, both these are good blends. The Kamoi is kind of the newcomer, not as prevalent on the market, although well-known by pipe smokers and, and um, you know, well-respected. The Luxury Bullseye Flake is kind of the old salt that's been around a long time and, uh, you know, has that uh, kind of legacy, uh, you know, pedigree that that folks know and love and is uh, found in a lot of different places. And so um, the Stokeby is by far the more popular of the two tobaccos. Um, you know, and I think it is just, you know, because it's uh, you know readily available, it's one of those that's probably a little less expensive, and um, you know is just um, you know widely distributed, and so you can find it uh, in a lot of places. But all in all, these two tobaccos are very similar. Um, the the Stokeby is the more popular tobacco, but my edge is going to go towards and has gone towards uh, for the past several years the uh, the Kamoi, the single coin slice. So uh, I kind of tip my hat in that direction. Um, you know, for for me, the the flake is uh, this is a little more like a uh, like a traditional flake like experience when you smoke the Kamoi uh, cask number seven. It's got a um, you know just uh, it, it it tastes more like flake tobacco, but really it prepares and smokes the the function the um the you know experience of actually loading it, lighting it, uh, keeping it lit, tamping it. That rhythm goes along more with me, like like a traditional flake, which I tend to like, and so. 
puffing it is very easy. I like how it kind of blossoms and, and blows up as you, uh, you know, light the tobacco and it kind of uh, bulges up over the bowl. It's really, uh, really very satisfying. Um, you know, and, and for me, the Kamoi actually tastes less sweet. It's interesting because they say it is uh, mildly topped, but, uh, you know, it, it tastes less sweet to me, actually, than the uh, luxury uh, bullseye flake. And so, um, yeah, I just think that's kind of fascinating, a, a little uh, note there. Um, it, the Kamoi is a little more bitey, but it falls well within the, you know, range of, you know, bitey Virginias. You know, it's one of those that just, um, you know, it's going to have a nice kind of sweet heat, a little bit of a sting. And uh, Virginia's, Virginia lovers know that you kind of have to sip these tobaccos and smoke them slowly in order to consume them where they're, um, where they're really um, enjoyable. And so, you know, I, I, all that to say, I think the, um, you know, the luxury bullseye flake is probably a little smoother of a tobacco, but uh, the Kamoi, I think, generally has more flavor and uh, is just a great, uh, you know, lighting and puffing experience. And uh, to me, uh, you know, is, is just a great blend. And so um, a, a dirty little secret here. And, and if you're, you're close friends with me or have lit up with me or, um, you know, and I, I've probably even mentioned it on, uh, air before because we you know we've talked about luxury bullseye flake before right this is a tobacco that uh you know we've talked about even from the early days of country squire radio uh you know it's it's always around and uh constantly comes up because of how popular it is um it, there's a there's a flavor in luxury bullseye flake that really gets me and and, and gets huh. me in a way that i just kind of have a hard time um, I, it's hard for me to block out and, and I'm okay. about the only person and the only person I, I've talked to that gets this from luxury bullseye flake, but, but there's a Lakeland essence in luxury bullseye flake that I cannot get out of my mind. For some reason, when I smoke this particular tobacco, I get a soapiness, um, that is what? there, that is just, that is just not there what? in other other tobaccos that are similar and, and so it's it's something i can't shake man and it, it's one okay. of those things if you wow. know if you know me if you know my smoking preferences i just don't i don't enjoy that that uh you know kind of um rosy um you know shampoo like flavor wow. <laughs> wow. I, it's just something i okay. don't really wow. huh. don't really get i, I know they're uh, big uh, fans of that out there and folks that you know really covet you these, get shampoo uh, like <laughs> from, you know i just okay I, I i don't know man you know if it's uh if i want to you know eat a bar of soap i'll go to bath and body Listen, Works, but <laughs> look i always you know i always come on the show and i always praise you know just the exceptional yeah uh, a palette that you have that you represent the industry <laughs> and I, I i feel like i'm always envious not today sir not today. I, 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 I think that's fair. I don't know. That's fair. I don't know what you're smoking, but clearly you're smoking soap. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's funny. I, I'm, you know, one of, I, I can't really say that I've talked to anyone else on this earth that has ever gotten that flavor from uh, luxury bullseye flake. But uh, for some reason that has always kind of uh, tinged out at me uh, with this particular tobacco. Sometimes it's a large portion of the bowl uh, that tastes that way. Sometimes it's just these little, uh, ethereal, you know, kind of, um, you know, wispy flavors that seep through occasionally. But, uh, but for me, it, it's always been there. And so, uh, it's, it's kind of hard for me to get past that. So, so, you know, letting my dirty little secret kind of letting that in it, that that's not so secret, uh, you know, it, um, you know, that's, that's part of the reason probably why I give the edge to the Kamoi. 
So um, anyway, gr- both great tobaccos, both, uh, man, something to, to try and keep in your stable. And uh, I would certainly check them out. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, man, the coin toss episode, the coin toss tobacco talk. Yeah, I know, right? Well done. <laughs> you know, the great thing is no matter what uh, pipe tobacco, be it uh, either Luxury Bullseye Flake or the wonderful cast number seven from Kamoy. Uh, if you happen to be enjoying these, a, a great way to do so to make sure that you are getting all the flavors, preferably not soap or shampoo, but all the other <laughs> flavors, uh, you're getting uh, from a great quality uh, smoke from a corncob pipe from Missouri Meerschaum. That is right, man. Of course, um, they have so many good pipes that you could smoke a, a coin slice out of. But uh, my favorite uh, for this is going to be the Apple Diplomat Ooh, Corn Cop yeah. Pipe. It's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful pipe. It's one of those that comes in a straight and a, a slightly bent stem variety. And uh, has a has a nice uh, kind of roundish apple-shaped bowl, smooth with a nice warm honey color there in a black stem. Uh, very, uh, very pretty. It's one of those that, um, you know, is available as a single pipe or a two-pipe gift set, which, uh, you know, you can always enjoy. So um, it also has, you know, contains the ability to put a filter in it, uh, you know, in case you want to, you know, uh, maybe lessen the moisture content or, uh, you know, soften up the smoke a little bit. So um, a great pipe and one of those because the size of the bowl would handle uh, a broken coin uh, really nicely. So uh, retails for only thirteen twenty nine. You can get it from the source at corncobpipe.com. Uh, check it out, and uh, we'd, we'd love to hear what you think about the Apple Diplomat corncob pipe. There you go. And, hey, if you happen to have one, be sure to enjoy it this week. Take, take a picture of yourself doing so to tweet to us. We'd love to retweet that out to let the good folks at Missouri Mearsham know we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe question, question of the week. week. Pipe question of the week. This week coming in uh, from me, actually. This is a question I have for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. We're all, you know, we want to be a, a, a conscientious with our dollars and make sure that we are uh, patronizing some uh, amazing uh, establishments and, and purchasing products to, to help out the economy in these these trying yeah. times. But sure. I, 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 a question occurred to me once I got back and I started kind of, you know, bringing home all of my purchases and, and uh, looking at how I'd, I helped stimulate the Jackson economy by buying <laughs> so much coffee and alcohol, if I'm being totally honest, but a lot of great stuff. Here's my question for you. What is the most expensive pipe that you, John David, have ever purchased with a follow-up question, do you regret it? Wow, yes. that's a that's a great question. You know, I, and and in, 
you know, in, in full disclosure, you know, as a retailer generally, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm able to get pipes at a cheaper price point than, than probably you are. Yeah, this, <laughs> you this know, is, it's this one of those true. things where, you know, I, I mean, I am, uh, do have that availability to me. But, um, but you know, having said that, you know, the, they can still be very expensive, and, and I do have a number of pipes that are on the higher end, um, you know, some of which were estate pipes purchased and some that I bought brand new uh, or claimed for myself when they came in the shop. And so uh, <laughs> the most expensive pipe that I've ever purchased um, as a new pipe uh, was a, uh, a Costello 55. It's a uh, Costello Costello edition, uh, beautiful, uh, warm, just natural uh, uh, finish on this particular pipe, a nice smooth uh, the finish that allows you to see an, uh, a good chunk of flame grain and a little bird's eye. And um, it's got this, uh, the 55 shape that has this kind of chin sticking out and a, a twisted, uh, you know, helix-like uh, shank on it. It's just very, uh, very attractive, very large pipe for me. Um which I don't smoke a you know typically a whole lot of large pipes, but uh, you know it is one of those that uh, that I am drawn to occasionally, and um, yeah, you know I I don't regret it at all, man. I mean this particular pipe I think uh, retails for about uh, I think I paid maybe six six fifty for it, something like that. Maybe that was the MSRP on that pipe, and um, you know it really expensive pipe. It's one of those that. Um, you know, you're like, man, I mean, you, that, that's a, that's a gut punch or, you know, you, you have to, you got to sit there and, you know, make sure you're, you know, counting your shekels before you uh, <laughs> right. pull the trigger on a pipe like not that. Not exactly a and knee jerk type situation. It's not, you know, it's not, but you know, in my particular case, my excuse was, well, I mean, you know, if I'm going to, uh, you know, sell Costellos, I really need to <laughs> have one in my personal, uh, <laughs> collection so I can smoke it and tell people about how good it smokes and all this kind of stuff. I have and, justified uh, a lot yeah. of high quality headphones for that exact no, that's reason. Right. That's right. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, well, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to sell this stuff, I got to, I, you know, I'm not just the uh, president. I'm also a client kind of thing. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I don't regret it one bit, man. It, it's one of my best smoking pipes. And, um, you know, it is a large, very generous bowl. It has an acrylic stem, which is handmade. And, um, you know, it's just a very handsome pipe, but it, it smokes great. Costellos, to me, tend to be a little open uh, with their draw, which sometimes is a nice uh, change up from some of my other pipes. But uh, and, and also, most of my pipes tend to have ebonite uh, stems, and so the, the acrylic is just something nice and different. It always looks really sharp, too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love it, and it's, uh, you know, it's one of those purchases that, um, you know, I, I've made— uh, I guess before I got married, and be- certainly before I had any kids, and so uh, you know now I I don't know if I could have gotten away with that uh, <laughs> in the past right. couple of years, right. but uh, man, anyway, glad that uh, glad that I purchased it when I could, and uh, certainly has has made me a believer in Costello. So well, there you go. All right, well, Ben, thank you for uh, thank you for shedding some light on that. I'm, I'm you know yeah. I actually want to do something we don't normally do. I kind of want to put that out to the listeners as well. What is the most expensive oh, pipe yeah. that y'all have ever purchased, and do you? regret it i would love to hear some of those stories so since That's probably got some good feedback yeah, yeah. i mean because there are you know the, even folks that you know are generally smoke uh you know these um kind of every man basket pipes you know 30 40 50 dollar pipes and yet you know they make their first purchase of a peterson or a savinelli uh, you know hundred dollar plus pipe and um you know what and, and and maybe that's your most expensive pipe what what's that like for you like it, it, do you regret it is it something that you found well worth it did it uh, kind of change your perspective on uh you know pipes and and the quality at different price points we'd love to love to learn more about that absolutely so y'all send those into us show at countrysquireradio.com 
countrysquareradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquareradio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions! Ow! All right, man. Quick fire questions. Uh, this is Ryland's Kids Edition. So, listener Ryland. Uh, his, okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Ryland. Ki- yeah. Kids came up with some for us. Uh, so, all right. Great. Yeah, this is, okay. this is for all the ducats, man. We got to bring our A game. You ready? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. <laughs> broccoli or carrots? Broccoli. Tell you what, roasted broccoli is actually really good. It's pretty doggone good. Yeah, yeah. You, you dip it in some, uh, you know, some ranch dressing too. I mean, like, you know, you could eat it raw. Yeah. I, I, now, ask me, you know, twenty years ago, and I'd go carrots all the way. But no, nah, in my older age, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling the broccoli. Uh, indoor or outdoors for smoking? Uh, indoors, I really do enjoy smoking indoors. Of course, I have a, the kind of the luxury of doing that. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, in here in the pipe shop, uh, get to do that regularly. And you know, I, I used to smoke inside more at the house too. That doesn't really happen as much anymore. But um, you know, occasionally when I do get the you know hall pass to be able to do that at home, that's pretty fun too. So. Okay, all right, fair <laughs> enough. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a huge fan of smoking indoors. Um, and it, it has yeah. no no uh, nothing to do whether you know what what's allotted to me or not. I think even even at the Squire, I tend to enjoy the back patio or, um, yeah. or, you know, up in the front, uh, a little bit more. I just associate pipe smoking with nature and I like, yeah. I like kind yeah. of being out in the elements, feeling the wind, seeing the, I mean, like, you know, there is something very special about being, you know, indoors and kind of seeing the lingering of kind of the plumes of smoke to be sure. But I, I don't know, mm. like there's, there's just something about kind of the I mean, not to get like ultra romantic here, but just something about kind of the smoke kind of becoming one with the wind and kind of watching it kind of flutter away and mm, almost like your yeah. cares or whatever you're kind of mentally uh, trying to, to ponder. Uh, yeah. Can also, I mean, I don't know. I just, I've, I always associate pipe smoking with just kind of nature and being outdoors. So I'm, I'm going to be outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people would probably fall in that category. All right. Peterson or another brand. Wait, <laughs> these are the kids. I know, right? The, the, the kids are the kid. He says, uh, "Hi, you can tell what uh, I like to smoke." Right. And it's funny because uh, you know the kids are like, "Well, obviously it's Peterson." Uh, man, I'm gonna disappoint you, kids. I, I would probably pick another brand, but I'll leave that other brand unsaid. <laughs> same, but with no disrespect, Peterson. Yeah, same as as well. <laughs> uh, and then uh, let's see, hand dipped or soft served ice cream? Hand dipped. Mm, yes. Uh, and then finally, Dairy Queen or Sonic? You know, I, I'm going to go with Dairy Queen by hair. Okay. Like, there are some things you go to Sonic for that you're just like, man, I really want one of those slushies or, mm-hmm. you know, an ocean water or something like that. They make good onion rings, all that kind of stuff. But, man, if you want ice cream, like, eh, I'm probably going to go to Dairy Queen. So, in general, like, broadly, I'm not a big Dairy Queen fan. But just before I just cast them off entirely, do they make the Blizzard... They do. All right, yeah, Dairy Queen all the way. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Throw out Hard the rest of the it. menu, but I'll tell you what, that blizzard, man, that'll... Um, it's fine. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so there you go. Hope you enjoyed those Rylands, kids. And uh, hey, if you've got some quick fire questions for us, be sure to send those in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that's show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Your, your thoughts, thoughts, your, your comments. comments. Listener, Listener feedback. Listen to feedback. Uh, first one, man, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this at the top of the show, a little bit of an update for the patrons. Uh, shout out to Jim Clough, uh, a newer patron, but somebody who's been a, a, a fervent supporter of the show. 
Um, he says, uh, hey, John, David, and Bo, just writing to give credit where credit is due. I see on the website the list of patrons has been updated. <laughs> <laughs> Look at someone doing their job. That's awesome. I know. It only took them like half a year in a pandemic and, you know, being locked to yeah, a know, desk. Right? Yeah. Uh, also, I was listening to an older Pipe Shops fails episode, the one featuring the Pilgrim and his business tips. Uh, laughed my butt off. <laughs> his list should be the next club T-shirt. Now, that has been Ooh, discussed, Jim. That's a- that's not... <laughs> That's not a bad idea. We have discussed that before. The, uh, you know, if you haven't, uh, if you're not familiar with that, we did a pipe shop fails episode. I, I, it was probably I think it's the, the original, original one. yeah. It was either one of the the first or the second one, but um, that 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 uh, particular episode, I, I introduced you guys to Pilgrim Zach, and uh, we'll just call him the Pilgrim. I guess. The well, Pilgrim. I already said his name, but the Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, man, the Pilgrim, he, um, you know, just has quite. Uh, uh, quite an interesting um, story and is one of those very colorful people that come in and make uh, our life as a tobacconist interesting. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, go back and listen to that. V- very, very fun episode and a lot of uh, a lot of tales to be told or- around that. Yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> it'd, make a, it'd make a pretty sweet t-shirt. <laughs> i tell you what, before before the Ewoks, it was like one of our number one downloaded episode. It's still, yeah, it's still no, up there right. in, the, uh, in like the top three, <laughs> top, top three or five, somewhere in there. Uh, but yeah, no, that's 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 a great one, Jim. Thank you so much. And yes, the uh, the the updated patrons. Although you know, as is always the case, I updated it, and then we've got a, a whole new soiree, which is of course my word, uh, of uh, of new patrons that I need to need to update there as well. So we'll be getting we'll be getting that done. Uh, all right, next one. This one's from uh, Cassie Holland. It says, "Hey, John, David, and Bo. First things first. I hope you read those names as Joan, David, and Boo." Uh, because <laughs> pronunciation matters, of course. Uh, I have been a fair f- enough. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. I've been a fan of this show for a little while now, and I'm grateful, like so many others, for what you guys are doing. I have a few quick fire questions themed after Lord of the Rings, but first, I wanted to ask you guys uh, if you guys have ever considered making an episode on the pipe as it has shown up in video games. I'm not a huge gamer Mm. now, but they have certainly played a role in my appreciation of storytelling and presentation. There's a video I found of a YouTuber for a guy who was asking for Elder Scrolls Oblivion to allow his character smoke a pipe. Uh, In addition, I enjoyed playing Pillars of Eternity, which featured a fantastic character named Ender, or Edder, who is found smoking what I believe to be a corncob pipe, no doubt from a good from the good people at Missouri Beer Shop. All that to say, (laughs) I am curious how pipes have shown up in various Worlds created in video games. Again, that is from Casey Holland. Casey, first things first. Um, your quick fire questions are coming up in a future episode. Great Lord of the Rings ones. We're looking forward to, to answering those. Uh, but I wanted to throw this one into the listener feedback this week because I think it's a great suggestion. But but does this, like, I, I yes, pipe smoking comes up in video games from time to time, and I always take note of it. Um, it's always kind of, in, you know, a fascination of mine as well, we yeah. do have a series of, um, you know, Heroes of the Bowl, where we talk about pipe smoking heroes, both of history and fiction. And, you know, I always wonder whether or not video game characters really warrant, uh, like, do, is there enough material or is there enough kind of broad appreciation for those characters to do a Heroes hmm. of the Bowl on them? I, I do wonder yeah. if maybe I'd have to think about this. And I guess I'm thinking about it out loud here on the show because I, I want feedback from the listeners. Is this an episode or perhaps even a potential mini series of episodes to kind of sprinkle throughout of pipe smoking in video games where we talk about various characters. We'd almost have to do a couple at a time 
as opposed yeah. to a full-on Heroes of the Bowl. But yeah, and, yeah, and and is there a whole lot of intersection there? There, there may, there may not be, but you know, there, there, there certainly is, is more, some. Uh, you know, there's probably more than we realize. Yeah, and I mean, like I think and it'd be it'd be nice to take note of those uh, moments and at least acknowledge them or point them out. Uh, you know, to let folks know kind of where they are and and what they are. Well, and it's interesting because I, I much like uh, Casey here, like feel like video games the the way in which you know I, I enjoy video games as well but the main thing that i that re- i really appreciate about them is interactive storytelling and the way in immersive storytelling and kind of the way that they mm-hmm. kind of kind of speak to you and so i know that for some of our listeners they might kind of roll their eyes at the nature of like oh well video game character smoking pipes you know what all can you mind there but i mean like there's actually especially in kind of modern context there's yeah there's some really deep storytelling going on in video games and if you kind of look at the evolution of interactive and immersive storytelling, the work that's being laid for the storytelling of the future is happening and has been happening in the video games and in the console wars and everything else. So all that yeah. to say, um, I, I'm not a huge gamer either. I think, I think actual gamers would, would you know, roll their eyes if I called myself one. But I definitely think it's worth possibly doing at least one episode to explore various pipe smoking in video games. But I really want to hear feedback from the listeners uh, as to something, yeah. is, is that something you're interested in? Do you think that it, it, would you prefer that we do kind of individual video game characters or do you think it's kind of an all encompassing episode? Let us know what you think, but uh, great, great feedback, Casey. Thanks so much for that. And uh, Hey, if you've got some feedback for us, you can always write into the show that show at countrysquireradio.com. You can also keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore country squire. At squire radio is the show's handle, but all that information and more can be found at countrysquireradio.com. Well, man, the coin toss. The coin toss, baby. Yeah, I had fun. It was good. Always fun, uh, man, smoking these tobaccos. And, um, yeah, you know, I'd be interested to see uh, whose uh, uh, feathers I ruffled with uh, my pick. But, um, yeah, always enjoyed them, and uh, it's very tasty. You said it like, tasted like shampoo. There will be feathers rustled, my friends. <laughs> that is happening. So it'll be the, the, the commentary will be delicious, I'm sure. Well, hey, man, let's go have a day. See you, brother. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 